0: Hi, everybody. Brian Davis here. It's Longhorn Confidential time. That means it's time for me, Kirk, Danny, and Seth, to get together and talk about Texas Tech. The Matadors are coming to town 3-0, and having a pretty good start under Matt Wells this year. They will meet your Texas Longhorns, who are 2-1 and one as we get started with the Big 12 opener. And I think, guys, we would all agree that while this is a competitive game, it should be a competitive game, I would not label this the trap game like we would as if this were in Lubbock? Yes or no? No, no
1: I, don't, I mean, I, I, I'll try again. Go ahead, Danny.
2: I mean, that, I think the last couple times that Texas has played at Lubbock, we've all been there, you know, the 2016 when Deontay ran wild, that was an interception of you know, Chris Boyd picking off Patrick Mahomes, the end zone to seal it. Then you had you know, LJ, El- you know, little Jordan getting his Michael Crabtree moment two years ago. And then last year was the, uh, the overtime shootouts. So, I mean, it seems like whenever Texas and Te- tech get together in Lubbock, it's a, uh, it's crazy, but you know, last time you know tech came down to Austin, that was not a competitive game. I think we were you know pretty much riding our stories at, at halftime at that one. So I would uh you know, if this was a road game, we may have a little bit more to talk about, but you know, I, I, I think Texas is a favorite for a reason since this one's in Austin.
1: Yeah, trap um, game, the trap games when you, trap games when you're running, riding high, you know, Alabama faces trap games every week almost, unless you're Florida or Georgia or something. Texas had not proven anything. They beat a really good group of five team in the opener. They crushed a really bad group of five team last week, and they got blown out by an SEC team that's not supposed to be any good, but they're 3-0 and as well. So it's, it's not a trap game. It's a take-care-of-business game if you really want to have a successful season. This isn't a playoff team. I think we would all agree with that, but if you really want to have a – a uh, successful highly successful season this is a game you got to win right Sid
3: yeah more dangerous than trap yes dangerous because Texas Tech can put up numbers dangerous because they're multiple this year they can run it uh they got physical backs uh but a game they should win i think we agree on that um I, I, I wouldn't know anything about road trips to, to Lubbock because Kirk doesn't let me go to Lubbock because he and Larry Carlson have to do their Thelma and Louise uh, without the suicide, of course, uh, every other year. So I can't remember the last time I've been to Jones AT&T Stadium, but I have been watching on TV. So as far as this game's concerned, I think the Longhorns are going to win by double digits. Call me Why? crazy. I do. I Why? think they're going to cover that eight because they have the they have a three-headed monster at running back and they're going to be able to control that clock and I still don't think Casey Thompson and Jordan Whittington have have gotten the right hookup chemistry right and I think that's coming I think I think it's going to all come together this weekend
1: well Texas Tech defense is a whole lot better they've got a lot of veterans over there uh, said and I did our podcast that uh, dropped today as well and you know, it's a it's a program. It's got twenty two transfers, uh, most of them from Power Five uh, programs like AM, TCU, Michigan State. You know, some
3: you still got to get that to meld together, Doug. You act like you could just throw twenty two ingredients in a cake and it's automatically going to taste good. You got to know what little intricacies to to make it work. So I they played well, but Stephen F. Austin
1: really. Yeah. Neither team is one really big against named teams. They beat Florida International, and they held off Stephen F. Austin on a fourth down stop or could have lost it. Neither one of these is a great team. But
3: why aren't these 22 transfers blowing people out? You act like it's going to be, you know, it's automatically great. did not did ooh-la-la or whatever, Louisiana, have 20 starters back? And they still got blown out by 20 points. So does that really matter if you're not playing well?
1: Well, they are You're, playing one well, of three and zero, oh, right, Brian?
3: Well, that's what the notes tell me.
0: Your <laughs> your problems will not be solved in the transfer portal. I'm a firm, firm believer that I feel like uh, you know college football. You got to recruit, get freshman players, and you got to coach them up and develop them and turn them in your turn them in your own. Um, I you know, guys, I'm really my full thing is I when I asked Sark about this today, and we'll, we we should talk about Sarkisian's uh, availability here on Thursday. Um, but to me, I, I think it kind of helps him to some degree, him and the staff, that they're not burdened down with uh, any recent history uh, recency bias with these guys. You know, they they don't they don't really know anything about Texas Tech and tortillas. They don't know that what Gary Patterson is what seven and two against Texas that, you know, uh, to, to them, Oklahoma will be uh, a new experience as well. And so I, I think it actually helps Texas in this case that, um, that, that it, that, that this coaching staff is coming at it with a totally clean slate.
1: Why, why is that an advantage though? I mean, not knowing the history.
0: Well, I, I, I don't know. I just I just sort of feel like that. You know, hey, remember what happened last year? Oh, let's not that, let that happen again. Blah blah blah. blah you know, and the, that's player, easy, that's the players
3: thing. know the history, BD. That's the true. players know, and that's that true. doesn't go away just because this is Sark's first rodeo. Those guys played in '63 to '56. They know that they should have lost last year, and they know that they that know tech they should yeah, is absolutely. better. Yeah,
2: so absolutely, that's
3: Texas.
0: Te- yeah. Uh, don't don't get it twisted, as a as a one former Red Raider turned Longhorn as now says over at Cooley Pavilion. Texas should have lost last year in Lubbock. They absolutely should have. It took a lucky break on an onside kick to keep them alive in that situation. So, um, yeah, I expect a competitive game, but will we see another one of these, you know, 50, 60-point shootouts? I, I, I'm not seeing that.
1: Yeah, I'm not looking for a shootout either. Are you, Danny?
2: I think I took the over, um, whatever the the, po- the points is, but I think that's also, also going to cover. So I always take the over. just gonna, you know, I think they'll score enough, and you know they're not gonna shut Tech out like they did Rice. I think Tech is going to get its points, but you know the way, you know, it's a limited sample size. Um, but the way Casey's kind of directing this offense, um, not only last week against Rice, but in his relief appearances over the past um, few games, like I just like the way this offense is. Is working and this running game is working, and you know this offense is being really effective with essentially only having one wide receiver per game. So if they can get all three of those receivers going—Xavier, Joshua Moore, Jordan Winnington at the same time, I mean this offense could be pretty could be pretty potent. And we just have not seen that yet. But even with us not seeing that, this offense has looked pretty decent um, since the you know second half whenever Casey got into that Arkansas game.
0: I sort of feel like that we. On some level, I don't want to say that it's our job to kind of manufacture storylines, but the fact is, I mean, these are two unranked teams playing at eleven a.m. on a Saturday morning. Uh, two teams that you know were not picked to be uh, in the Big Twelve race, and to me, this is about sort of a little bit about you know professionalism to a degree. It's like, all right, Texas, um, you're out of the you're out of the top twenty five. Conference play is here. Um, you say you're tired of missing out on, on the championship. Well, you know, here, here's another chance to, to get it going.
3: Big 12 is up for grabs. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, not not impressed by, I'm not impressed by any team in this conference. It's up for grabs. And the winner of this team should be emboldened to move forward. And and, and knowing that they still get OU and knowing they still get Iowa State, who are still the two favorites to, to meet in Jerry World. So I – I think this is like a winner-take-all match between these two. The loser uh, it's going to be rough for the loser after this because they know they still have better teams than they just lost to coming up. So I'm 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 excited about the desperation factor that's going to go into this game. And I think right now I think I have it like 45-35, but I'm feeling more more like 35-24. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like a 35-24 win for texas um i don't know what the over under is but i think it's kind of close to that late 50s number so yeah there's going to be points scored it's just not going to be uh, a wild raucous game like last season
1: i don't know if it's up for grabs or not i mean after last year OU starts start so into starts oh two in the conference and breezes right through wins the league again for what the 80 89th time in a row so i don't think it's up for grabs until we there's a stake in Oklahoma's heart because they run things. They own this conference and they have for a better part of a decade. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they look, they don't look, uh, they look vulnerable. I'd agree. They they don't look like the all-powerful Oklahoma top five teams. We're a CFP legitimate contender. They still have that to prove. You're absolutely right about that. And as far as if Texas loses this game, I'm not going to say the season is over, but two losses in your first four games, expectations, whoop, you know, it just really goes to the basement if they lose this. Like, yeah. I, like bum, that. Bum, 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 bum. I mean, don't, don't you guys agree? If you start this season, the Sox ex- high expectations two and two, You haven't gone to Fort Worth, you haven't played Oklahoma, you haven't gone to Iowa State, West Virginia, any of those
0: places. If you if you tell if you told me that this team is two and two on Sunday, I'd want to know what year it was. Is it 2014? Is it 2015?
3: 2016? 2017? Which year is it? Get off Charlie Strong. Get off Chuck.
1: Is it last year? Is it last year? I mean, you know. The the air would go so quickly out of the sails of this fan base if they go two and two and lose their first conference game. It's just Oh my goodness! You know the interest in this season. It'd be like,
0: but see, okay, like but see, Chris Beard's first game. That's but see, what to me, to but see, like. to me, that that's that's where the opportunity in this thing is to spin it forward. I mean, yeah. I think said is exactly right. I mean, this this I don't want to say the league is nothing, but it's definitely down. I mean, Oklahoma has had a major struggle uh, in in some of the in some of their games thus far. Um, Iowa State and Brock Purdy have gotten off to a got off to a rocky start there's no question about it so it's like who's going to do it who's going to step forward but i but i'm with kirk you got you got to kill the king uh before before anybody can can take away oklahoma's crown so uh you get some momentum going this week then you got then you go to fort worth um then bam you're and then bang you're in the cotton bowl and you're, and you're ready to take on oklahoma at that point
1: i would be interested in what you guys think about you know, breakout performances. I'm ready for to see Joshua Moore. I don't know where he went, but he got three catches in three games and didn't have one against Arkansas. So I'm, you know, I think they're going to need somebody like him because you know, if I'm a defense, I'm starting to clamp down on Xavier Worthy and obviously uh, Whittington in the slot. But uh, I, I just wonder where Joshua Moore is, and I'm curious who you who you guys are looking for to maybe step up and break out this season, Danny. Okay.
2: Can we give some love to the the big guys? I mean, you know, J- the Joshua Moore thing is is a concern if you're a Texas fan um, just because of how good he was for this team last year. But once again, Texas has yet to have a game where it's had more than one receiver have a good game. I mean, there's right. Jordan the first week, nobody in Arkansas, and then Xavier last week. So it's not like, you know, Joshua Moore has been on an island. They've kind of disappointed they, the receiving core. as a whole week to week. And, you know, maybe that's just something, you know, there's two quarterbacks who are trying to get things figure it out and that's coming, but you know, this offensive line, we've talked about it enough. We kind of just need a solid performance by them against someone who isn't rice. Cause even the rice game, you know, Casey almost got murdered on a play because of a a, a owl who was kind of left, left open to, 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 to run up the middle. And, You know, this is a Big 12 defense. This is what you're going to see the rest of the season. And this offensive line has been pretty maligned the entire year, and people have been clamoring for Hayden Connor. They've been clamoring for Andres Carrick to kind of see what those young guys can do. So these older guys, you know, want to keep their jobs and want to show all of us at home, not in the football field, that you know they that they're you know that they should have those 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 starting spots. I mean, this is a good good chance to prove it against an improved Tech team.
1: I think they're ranked 98th in passing. I agree with you, Danny. Cedric, who are you looking for to kind of make their presence felt?
3: Those big boys up front on the other side of the line—they were—they—they they got pumped in mm-hmm. Fayetteville, and uh, shutting out Rice doesn't do it for me. Doesn't get me there. I need to see them do it against a quality offense, and this is a quality offense. So, um, snacks to Andre Sweat. Those guys need to done. show up, Alfred. Those guys need to show up this week and show out. And can they get after Tyler Chuck? Can they push him off his spots? Can can they stand up against these physical running backs? Um, that, those are the things that 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 are going to be uh, big in my mind early on in that game because we'll know in, within the first 10 minutes if Tech can run it on them or not. Or if these corners can cover, or if Texas can get generate a pass rush. So I think I think this this game's going to be won by the better front seven on either team on defense.
0: But let's hit, let's hit some uh, two quick notables here uh, that came out of Sark's uh, Thursday availability. Number one, injury update: no real no real uh, notable additions to the injury report other than Troy O'Meary, the receiver that everybody is dying to see on the field. Is still out with a knee injury. when it, when it initially happened, uh, Sarkisian told us it was probably going to be about three to four weeks maybe um, and I think now we are going into the fourth week. So hopefully uh, you know Troy can get get it going, maybe get back for Oklahoma and, and be back for the second half of the season. Also too, uh, Danny asked probably the best question of the day in terms of when uh, will he when will coach evaluate um, red shirts? And the key is – and the key on that is Hudson card. So, Danny, why don't you tell the folks why it's so important for them to kind of make a decision on that here at game four?
2: Obviously, with the new NCAA rule, which is a couple years old now, but you you get four games. And after the fourth game, you can, you know, preserve a red shirt and, you know, sit out the rest of the year and, you know, preserve that red shirt to be used later on in the season. Obviously, Hudson has played in three games. This would be his fourth. And Texas would need to make a decision, you know, whether or not they want to keep him because he is the team's holder, they you know he's still holding down that's that huge. job. that's huge. And um, they're you know you know still planning, I guess, playing him a little bit in spot duty or backup backup duty um, if if Steve sees you know fit to throw him out there. So you know the question is you know do you want to? Because technically he is a redshirt freshman, but last year because of the COVID relief, he's not. I mean, it's a whole thing. They could still use that four year rule on him this year, but that would also. They'd be banking on him being at Texas for six years. If they did that, maybe that's just not you know in the cards with a with a four-star quarterback. You don't expect him to be here here that long. It may be different for a receiver or or a, or a defensive back, but for a quarterback, that's a little bit much. So you know, Steve seems pretty intent on keeping Hudson as his as his holder and having him as the as the backup quarterback or you know quarterback that gives him a, diff, a different look. And it doesn't seem like they are planning on. Redshirting him or you know pulling him from those duties because of that four game role There may be other players that they have to use that on, but Hudson Card does not seem to be one of those players.
1: Well, he's talked he- about how important the backup quarterback is and how he's going to play him. So, you know, I think that's the foregone conclusion. The one I worried about or wonder about is Jatavius Sanders. Where is he? And is he saving him for maybe four games more critical down the road? Let's,
3: well, go Seth. Let's go to Ced. Let's go to set you're on the before vehicle. I was so rudely interrupted by Kurt Bolt. You don't watch body language, and that and that and that ceiling fan on your photo behind your shoulder is bothering me. You I watch it.
1: Oh it. I, just, I just ignore it. Okay.
3: You looks like a an interrogation. Here's what's going on with Hudson Card. He's trying to keep Hudson Card out of that portal. He don't want Hudson getting too antsy over there by himself sitting there eating tea cakes he wants Hudson Card engaged because the real truth of the matter and Daniel hit it right on the head he's a four-star quarterback and next season could be his last in college he could leave that's three seasons on campus that's all you got to do to go to the pros and so he's banking on Hudson developing and maybe winning that job next year and being great, then leaving instead of just leaving right now. So uh, I, I, I think it's a good decision by him to do that. Hudson Card's not going to be on campus for six years. I think his upside's too big. is a good developer of quarterbacks. Hudson Card's going to be a really good quarterback with a chance, with a real good chance to be in the pros and so he doesn't want to run him off uh, bef- before he gets to reap those benefits. I, I think that uh, this time next year, our conversations about the quarterback position are going to be really different. I, I think, yeah, you know, I-, I-, I love Casey Thompson, but I think Hudson has a bigger upside.
1: I think he needs him this year and everything Sark has said is I need him. We- we're going to need both quarterbacks. He said that since, August, so I don't think it's. So but, much that's what, but that's what a
3: coach is supposed to say. Though. Coach is supposed to say that. Not oh, going to I, go. I, all. we really don't. We really don't need Hudson. This, this year. is. This
1: is to me. What's the him hold. I believe. I believe. To me, him. Believe to him. me this is about two to get through the first three weeks.
0: Well, to me, to me, guys, I think this is about what Seth's pointing out is: you keep you keep Hudson engaged with this. If you make you, I mean, they can find another holder. There's no doubt about that. But you keep him engaged in the game where he knows he's going to go in at a moment's notice. Hey, always keep your helmet ready cuz we might score, you never know. Um so that's that's what that's what they tell these guys on the sideline. So to Sad's point, Hudson Card is not going to be here six years. Uh keep him on the field, keep him in the game plan, keep him mentally into it because uh, he's going to need to be ready at any moment.
1: I don't think Shark thinks that Casey Thompson has locked down starts the next 9 games. I think he's thinking this could go back and forth. I, I'm taking him at at uh, face value on this. I don't think it's so much keeping him engaged as, you know, he's, he named Hudson Card as starting quarterback. Two games in, nope, you're not my starting quarterback. So I I think there's a chance they could go back to Hudson Card. I think he truly believes, you know, who knows who's starting quarterback in November. That's
3: no way to win. I'm sorry. No, That's well, no way. It's not to a
1: win. great team, though. Casey started one game in college, one. You know, so we don't and know. What's the start
3: understand. of two.
1: Exactly. He doesn't know. So I think
3: it's. Well, who's that on? He had all, he's had months and months and months to make this decision. That's on him.
1: Well, I think it's also on Herman. He, he didn't get the backup quarterback ready, and neither did Mac near the end. And may have cost him a national championship with not using Garrett Gilbert. So I think uh, I believe, Steve, I think he, he truly thinks we're going to need both quarterbacks this year to have a successful season I think if you
0: had money on the fact that that wonderful not well not so wonderful night at the Rose Bowl and and at the end of the 09 season was going to be referenced on this podcast today you would have made a lot of money there's no <laughs> question about that no question about that let's go around the horn one more time wrap uh, and we'll wrap this thing up and get on up out of here uh I think we're all going to pick Texas but uh Danny we'll start with you who you got and uh, how's the score going to go
2: um, Texas wins. Texas covers. Um, I'm not picking a score because if I'm right, nobody cares. But if I'm off by a point, I'm going to have some idiot in my mentions you know, telling me what an idiot you I am. You can't
3: be worried about the idiots uh,
2: in your mentions, Danny I, Davis. I, I so am worried. They That's don't the way, idiots
3: don't matter. I spend it's way too score. much time
2: on way too much time on Twitter and reading my mentions. So keeping it keeping it clean. But Texas wins and Texas covers. 35-24. Texas. I, I wanted to interrupt, Kirk. Nice.
3: Who, raised Who you here? got. Who raised Jean it? Golden, and she's probably watching.
1: I got Texas 38-24, but I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I won't be surprised if Tex leading, you know, at in the first half or even at halftime. I think I have said, and I still think they're the most improved team in the Big 12. That doesn't make them a great team, but I agree with Danny. I think Texas wins and covers.
0: Texas wins, Texas covers, but it will be four hours, and we will be thanking our lucky stars. It starts at 11 a.m. Listen, we're going to wrap it up right here. If you want to see complete and utter chaos, tune in to the Instagram, Bevo Beat on Instagram, and see me and Don Williams try to figure out 21st century technology. That's going to be Thursday at 1 o'clock, and it will be recorded there, hopefully not for, for until the end of time. But that's where you can find me and my Lubbock Avalanche Journal counterpart this afternoon.
3: Here's, Set, what, let's I, go to here's what I want you to ask Don Williams. I'm going to try to tune in if I can figure out what Instagram is. Um, ask him why he listed uh, Austin as one of the worst Big Twelve cities and Lubbock as the best. You need I, to ask. That should be the, the lead. I think that should be our lead Don Williams, question. that question because there are going to be a lot of people that want to know that answer, including the Setster. Okay.
1: Oh, also, listen to our On Second Thought podcast. We go heavy into the Texas Tech game.
3: With Carlos Silva of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Take that, BD. Our
1: Gannett brother.
0: Well, I I am jealous, quite frankly, because I guarantee you it was easier to get Carlos on the phone than it was than it is to get Don on Instagram. I can tell you that.
3: <laughs>
1: Good luck to you,
3: BD. That I believe.
0: <laughs> no. Well, listen, that will do it for here. Catch all the coverage as usual at hookup.com. We'll have everything for you leading up to and after the game. And we'll be here uh, all week with news and analysis and highlights and stuff. So that's it for now. We will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks a lot for watching.